Hey everybody, it's your old buddy Chef Jordan coming to you from the recording studio here in the Man Cave and this is your Intentional Faith video blog. Today is July 9th, 2020. Gotta tell you, be of activity going on here at the Man Cave today. We got people outside cutting grass, leaf blowers or whatever you want to call them. We got jets from the airfield taking off. You may hear them. It's all good. We're going to keep going with today's podcast. Now, if you've been with us this week, it's all about leadership. And I had intended this video blog or this podcast, whatever you want to call it, I had intended to do it in just, you know, one take, but it looks like we're going to have to go parts one and part two, because you know what? This is really an important topic, especially in this day and age. So the topic is what's happened to leadership? Part one, I'm calling the greatest generation. You're going to understand what I'm talking about in just a minute. But I want to ask you, uh, if you were to go to Amazon right now, search for books on leadership, do you know how many results you would get? Yeah, I just did this, so I know. Would you believe over 80,000 results from books on leadership? Actually, I'm not surprised to see that many. And in fact, I'm glad so many have felt called to publish on the topic of leadership. Because right now, today, I find myself wondering, what's happened to leadership? I mean, at least the kind of leadership I grew up learning about. And while I am more concerned about the lack of strong leadership at every level in our country, I think it's a global thing. I'm worried about the entire world. So I wonder if you feel the same way. Uh, I also wonder, how did we get to this point? So I think this is why we have parts one and part two, because I think how you answer those two questions depends on two things. The first, what your demographic is in terms, you know, how old are you? Where are you? What, what generation are you part of? <clears throat> and the second thing would be, what's the depth of your faith also? All right, so let's dive right in. Last night, I finished watching for what I think is probably about the 10th time the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. Do you remember that? It first aired, believe it or not, almost 20 years ago in 2001. And the series is based on the 1992 book of the same name, which was written by noted historian Stephen E. Ambrose. And it follows the officers and men of Easy Company, 2nd Battalion, 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment, from their earliest training in 1942 all the way through the end of World War II in 1945. Now I got to tell you, Easy Company had it anything but easy, and they were usually the tip of the spear during much of the European campaign. First jumping into Normandy under cover of darkness on the eve of D-Day, they were also heavily involved with fighting in Holland, and they held the line in Baston during the freezing Battle of the Bulge in Belgium. Now many of my younger folks, my millennials, probably have no idea what I just got finished talking about because we just don't teach that stuff anymore, sadly. I think it's important. So you might be asking, why did I decide to watch that series again? Well, it's simply because I desperately needed to be reminded what strong, effective leadership looks like. All right, think about that. I watched a miniseries to get that. So if you're in that younger group, if you're not a baby boomer like myself, if you're in a younger group, I want you to consider a life that looks like this. Are you ready? The first 10 years of your life 
are relatively uneventful. Life's pretty good. You and your family have everything you need and want. Things in America are humming right along. Then seemingly overnight, the bottom drops out. Maybe your parents find themselves out of work as a result. Life as you knew it before is forever changed. You probably still have what you need in life, but that's it. Anything beyond what is absolutely essential for living is no longer available to you. Nothing comes easily and even working harder doesn't necessarily make much of a difference in your life. You literally are living day to day because that's really all you can do. There's not a whole lot to be looking forward to. Oh gosh, that, that, that's pretty bleak, man. Why would you bring that up? All right, stick with me. As you grow through your teen years, you learn to adapt because there's really no other choice. But you still have hope because you know that soon you will be entering the prime of your life, the time when you may find love, get married, start a career if you can find one, and start really living your life. Ah, not yet. But then, just as you're coming into the prime of your life, you must put that life on hold yet again to serve your country by fighting in a world war. If you're a male, you leave home, maybe for the first time ever, not knowing if or when you'll ever come back. If you're not required to serve, you still have to deal with blackouts and rationing here at home. Probably something you guys, younger guys, never heard of. Yet again, your generation is called to sacrifice. Needs are generally met, but that's it. Everything else has to go to support the war effort. Uncertainty is a 24-7 reality for everybody. Now, can you imagine a life like that? Okay, those of us in the baby boom generation, and I am one of those, we know this story because it's the story of our parents' generation, the generation that's come to be known as the greatest generation. We know it well, and thankfully, we've never really had to deal with the same uncertainty or sacrifices. In fact, no generation since has had to deal with such circumstances. That would seem to be a good thing, don't you think? Well, there is a negative to this. And the negative consequence is that life has become about entitlement. And because subsequent generations, myself included, have never known anything but privilege, privilege has become the God. And I want you to think about that. Okay. So you're going, okay, man, that's... Uh, that's pretty bleak and uh, you know my guilty of, of living a you know soft life well I don't think anybody's guilty of anything the folks that were part of the, of the greatest generation they certainly did not ask for the circumstances but they 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 met them head-on um, and and typically that made them uh, stronger than I think we are the later generations than we are uh, we're soft especially mentally all right, so what's the answer? Well, in part one, we're going to talk about uh, things of this world. Back when I was a young second lieutenant in the Marine Corps, we were given pocket-sized leadership guides to help us remember what was expected of us. Believe it or not, I've kept mine all these years. I actually laminated them because I found the information to be timeless and universal. In other words, it doesn't make a difference if you're in the military, civilian, whatever. It applies to everybody. So. Here are eight essential leadership traits 
from my Marine Corps Leadership Guide that I want to share with you and I want you to think about them. I'm going to give them to you and then I'm going to give you a brief definition. So here we go. Number one, integrity. We've talked about that, haven't we? Integrity. Uprightness of character and soundness of moral principle, absolute truthfulness and honesty. There goes an airplane. You hear it? It's the sound of freedom, people. Number two is knowledge. Acquired information, including professional knowledge and an understanding of those in your charge. So you, you got to know what you're doing, but you got to know your people also. Number three is courage. A mental quality that recognizes fear of danger or criticism, but enables a person to proceed in the face of it with calmness and firmness. Number four is decisiveness, the ability to reach decisions promptly and to announce them in a clean, clear, forceful manner. Communication is key. Uh, where are we? I don't know. In initiative is the next one. Seeing what has to be done and commencing a course of action, even in the absence of orders. Then there's dependability, which is the certainty of the proper performance of duties. Number seven is one that's taken a permanent vacation lately. You'll know why. Here it is. It's tact. The ability to deal with others without creating offense. Do you see that displayed anywhere? And finally, number eight is justice. The quality of being impartial and consistent in exercising command. So having just listened to those, I want to ask you, are these traits reflective of the leadership that you see in the world today? They're just not, are they? Yeah, it's sad. All right, let's go back to Band of Brothers as I wrap this up. The very last scene of the last episode has Major Dick Winters, the unquestioned leader of Easy Company, and a textbook example of what leadership looks like, recounting a conversation he had with his grandson. Grandpa, his grandson asked him, were you a hero in World War II? I'm gonna choke up. No winners replied, his bottom lip quivering with emotion, but I sure did serve with a lot. I would add humility to the list of traits just mentioned. By every measure, Dick Winters was a war hero. He earned the Distinguished Service Cross, which is our nation's second highest award for valor, as well as two bronze stars for gallantry and a Purple Heart that he earned the hard way. Yet he understood that leadership is never about self, ever. It's always about those you serve in your role as a leader. It's always that. Dick Winters understood that, and he lived it not just in the military, but after he got out of the military. We should all strive to follow his remarkable example. Now, if you're not part of the greatest generation, and I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not trying to uh, cast shade on any of us. All I'm saying is we've had it so easy that we've lost sight that leadership takes effort and sacrifice and focus in those eight or nine things I mentioned to you. So um, there you go. Now, tomorrow or next week, the video will be about how faith plays a role in leadership. And as you can probably imagine, there are tons and tons and tons of examples 
uh, we're going to talk about a few, and the hope is that when we finish this little podcast series, part one and part two, you'll have a good idea what it takes to be a good leader, and not only that, you'll resolve yourself to be one of those people, even in the face of a tsunami of poor leadership that seems to be uh, overtaking the world today. All right, that's it for today, and until next time, stay strong, keep the faith, May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Take care.